everyone. Welcome to A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host, Katrina. Last week's episode was all about getting your legs strong so that you can be a better rider. And with that in mind, I was hoping to get some feedback from you as to whether or not you would like to see more of that type of content. I am toying with the idea of creating some sort of a program that would be geared either towards equestrians in general or more specifically to barrel racers that would show you how to get in the best physical condition for the sport. I'm really, really passionate about health and fitness, so I feel like tying this in with my other love, which is horses and barrel racing, I thought that would be something that might interest other people. So if a program like that would interest you, I'd love to hear from you. What would you like to see from a program like that? What do you struggle with in regards to physical fitness? Let me know your thoughts. You can send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at a cowgirl and her horse, or you can send me a message via the contact page on a cowgirl and her horse.com. So before we get started with this week's topic, I have one more quick request for you. If you are getting value out of these episodes and are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. It only takes a second and makes a big difference to the podcast. I would also ask that you please tell your friends about the podcast. The podcast is slowly getting more and more downloads, but the only way that that's going to continue is if people like you spread the word. Also be sure to follow A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook and Instagram. I would be forever grateful if you did. So now let's get into this week's topic. Imposter syndrome in barrel racing and in life. This is definitely a vulnerable topic for me, but I hope that by sharing my story, you will get something out of it. So let's get into it. It seems like as a horse owner, there's always something you could use or need or want when it comes to your horses. I've found that horse.com is a great place to meet those needs. Whether you need a new pair of bell boots because your latest pair have completely fallen apart from being used too many times, or are looking to try a new bit, horse.com is your place to find what you need. Head over to a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. You'll also find there a list of all my favorite products, including Classic Equine's Legacy 2 boots and Ariat's Fat Baby boots, which are my favorite boots to wear around the barn. Again, that's a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals. I don't deserve to be at a barrel race as a competitor. There is absolutely no reason that I should even consider entering. In fact, why do I even own a horse? He deserves way better than what I have 
or ever could give him. I should just give up this horse thing altogether. Believe it or not, that's what has been going through my head lately. When I sat back and realized that those are the kinds of things going through my head, I really felt ashamed. But you may or may not be surprised to know that many people deal with those exact same thoughts. That doesn't mean that it's a good thing or that I'm trying to normalize it. But it just goes to show you that I'm not alone and if you have thoughts like that, then you aren't alone either. This is what is termed as imposter syndrome. I feel like an imposter in the sport of barrel racing. I feel like I shouldn't be in or around the sport and that there never will be a time when I should be in the sport. I'm just waiting for someone to actually come up to my face and say that I shouldn't be a barrel racer or that I shouldn't be allowed to own a horse. That's how I feel, and it seems like it's only a matter of time before someone actually calls me out on it. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to feel like an imposter. Deep down on a purely logical level, I know that I'm not an imposter. I've put in the work and if I choose to go to a barrel race and compete, there is no reason that I can't do that. I pay my fees just like everyone else. So what is imposter syndrome? It's a psychological term that is referred to when people doubt their accomplishments and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud. It's not an actual disorder, but the term is useful when we're looking at thought patterns like the ones that I've been experiencing. People with imposter syndrome feel like they don't deserve to be somewhere or to experience any level of success despite having external evidence that they do deserve to be somewhere and they do deserve to have success. Oftentimes, people with imposter syndrome will credit their success or accomplishments to good luck or perfect timing rather than giving themselves credit for working hard. At some point or another, most of us can relate to feeling like an imposter. Maybe you got a promotion at work. Maybe you ended up on the dean's list in college. Maybe you landed the girl or guy of your dreams. Whatever it is, I think that most people can relate to that feeling when they can't believe that something happened. They can't believe that they are where they are, doing what they're doing, and they feel like it's just a matter of time before it's rightfully snatched away because they don't deserve it. You know, the boss that handed you that promotion will realize that you weren't cut out for the work and will fire you. The administrator at college will see that there was a mistake in calculating your test scores and that you really aren't that smart. The person that says, I love you, will realize that you aren't that great of a person. These are ridiculous thoughts, I know, but that's how some people feel nonetheless. So there are five kinds or types of imposter syndrome. 
according to Dr. Valerie Young, who has taken the time to study and research imposter syndrome in quite a bit of detail. So the first one of these is the perfectionist. Perfectionism and imposter syndrome kind of go hand in hand. And as you'll see, this type overlaps quite a bit with the others. This sort of a person, they will set extremely high goals for themselves. And when they fail to attain that goal, they feel like a complete failure. Or even if they do achieve the goal, they find a way to pick at it. You know, somehow they could have achieved their goal better. The perfectionist will experience major self-doubt and will constantly worry about measuring up. I definitely relate to this. I honestly think that to not feel like an imposter, I would need to make NFR quality runs all the time. And even then, I know I would find things to pick at. I could win first place at every jackpot and I still wouldn't be good enough somehow I'm sure until I get it perfected I'm an imposter the next kind of imposter syndrome is the superman or superwoman in this situation in order to cover up insecurities they will work harder and harder in an attempt to measure up and to cover up their quote-unquote shortfalls they'll keep pushing and pushing themselves at the point or to the point where they become completely overworked and end up burning themselves out a classic example of this outside of the horse world would be the person who stays late at the office after everyone else has left despite having completed a day's necessary work people like this become very anxious when they aren't working or when they have any sort of downtime. I may have a touch of this. I know that I get anxious when I can't ride my horse. Although I logically know that a few days off or even a week to 10 days will not be super detrimental to my progress on my horse and that it may actually be beneficial for my horse to have a bit of a rest, I still can't help but feel like I'm not doing enough. And if I'm not doing enough, then I must be an imposter. The third form of imposter syndrome would be what we call the natural genius. With this type, someone would feel like an imposter because they aren't naturally gifted at something. As a barrel racing example, if someone has to work really hard to improve their balance and their riding abilities at the gallop, then they feel like their natural inability to do those things easily is all the reason that they shouldn't be doing something. Even if they do work hard and achieve or learn something, they still feel like the fact that they had to work hard and that it didn't come easily is proof that they shouldn't be there. Like perfectionist, the natural genius imposter sets the bar incredibly high. And additionally, they not only judge themselves based on getting things right, 
but they also judge themselves on getting things right the first time. If they aren't able to do something quickly and easily, they immediately start to hear alarm bells and feel like an imposter. The fourth form of imposter syndrome is the soloist. So a person like this feels that if they ask for help, then they are revealing that they are an imposter. If they really deserved to be somewhere, then they wouldn't need help. And so that kind of relates back to the natural genius, you know, thinking you should be able to do this. You shouldn't need help. It should just come easily. With the soloist, this can be incredibly isolating. While it's great to be independent, soloists take it to the next level in which they completely refuse assistance. I have been guilty of this from time to time as well. I am extremely self-directed and oftentimes I just feel like I can figure things out by myself. Unfortunately, this often results in things taking way longer than they actually need to. Had I just asked for help right off the bat with something, I could have figured things out way sooner. And this is in relation to horse stuff and non-horse stuff. I don't know if I've done this because I'm worried that people will realize that I'm a phony or if it's just because I'm super independent. All I know is that I could definitely benefit from asking for assistance now and then. Live and learn, I guess. The last form of imposter syndrome is the expert. Again, perfectionism shows up here. Experts, regardless of how much they know or how much they can do, they always feel like it's not enough. They feel that their knowledge, their experience is lacking somewhere. And because of that, they are an imposter. They consider themselves inexperienced, unknowledgeable, and the expert will study and study and work and work chasing this unattainable goal of knowing everything. Yes, it's great if a person wants to increase their knowledge and their skill set and gain more experience. In fact, that's it's crucial to do that in order to progress at life. But when it becomes an obsession and it's taken too far, it can actually be almost a form of procrastination, actually. You know, for example, if you want to know everything there is to know about training a colt before you actually go out and start training on a young horse, that horse is never going to get broke. No one knows everything about training a horse. People that have 40 years of experience learn something new every day. So if you're going to sit and watch videos and read books and talk to people, in the hopes that you're going to learn everything, you are digging yourself an endless pit. So those are the five forms of imposter syndrome. You know, they can appear anywhere in your life. I just wanted to bring this up today because I've noticed it particularly in my barrel racing career. I would say part of it might have to do with, and I think I've touched on this before, just 
I don't know what the term is, the unfriendliness of the barrel racing industry sometimes. It, it can just be very intimidating and isolating. You know, barrel racing is an individual sport and it's just, it's kind of a weird situation. So those are just kind of the feelings I've been having and that I've noticed in myself. What causes it? There are various reasons that someone would develop imposter syndrome like I have. From what I can see, a big contributor can be your personality type. So something you really don't have control over, unfortunately. As I noted already, many of the forms of imposter syndrome are rooted in perfectionism. And this would lead me to assume that if you have a tendency towards perfectionism, then you may be more prone to feeling like an imposter at various times in your life. I definitely can see how my A-type personality could lead me to developing imposter syndrome with my riding and with anything else. Things could always be better, and I'm incredibly hard on myself, harder than anyone else would ever be on me. And as such, my high standards could definitely contribute to my imposter syndrome with barrel racing. Another trigger could be a change in environment. You know, for example, if you were recently promoted, that change could make you feel like an imposter. You're out of your element, out of your comfort zone. There may be things that you don't know how to do. And as such, you might conclude that you're not meant to be there. You're an imposter. And again, I can definitely relate to this with my what I have going on with my barrel racing. As many of you know, I'm getting back into competitive barrel racing after a five-year break. And I, I feel like I don't deserve to be there despite, like I said, putting in the work, paying my fees like everyone else. The fact that I left the competitive scene for a while, while others continued on and were improving and gaining more experience, could for sure be a reason why I feel like an imposter when it comes to barrel racing. And unfortunately, developing imposter syndrome is not without its consequences. There are all sorts of effects, or I guess you could call them symptoms that may arise as a result of developing imposter syndrome. You may start to feel like a bit of a worry wart for one. You worry about the idea that you won't live up to expectations, either your own or those of others. For example, if you feel like an imposter in your new job, you may feel like it's only a matter of time before you're asked to do something that you cannot do because you weren't meant to be there in the first place and you aren't cut out for the job. It really becomes a vicious cycle. The more success you achieve, say you keep getting promoted every few years, the more you feel like an imposter and start to feel self-doubt. And every time you accomplish something, you become more and more worried that others will discover that you don't deserve to be there. <laughs> And eventually you may even start to 
self-sabotage, our inner selves work really hard to ensure that our external world reflects what we believe to be true, our internal view of the world. If there are any inconsistencies between the two, you may start doing things subconsciously that will bring your external world back in line with your internal world. So for example, if you qualified for your circuit finals, you may be in complete disbelief that you you're there. You know, you know you put in the work and stuff, but you still can't believe you qualified. And as a result, you kind of subconsciously you just end up starting to make silly mistakes in your runs and you end up having a really bad finals. It's a real thing. This does happen, trust me. <laughs> in general, people with imposter syndrome tend to develop low self-confidence and a fear of failure, which is definitely understandable. You know, hearing those few thoughts that I rattled off at the start here, you know, saying I don't deserve to be a barrel racer and whatnot. There's no wonder people would start to develop low self-confidence. They start to overachieve, procrastinate. Some people develop anxiety. And like I said, they'll become a bit of a worry wart where they're just chronically worrying about stuff that they may or may not be able to control. For me personally, my imposter syndrome with barrel racing definitely adds stress to my life. The days leading up to a barrel race, I will go back and forth questioning whether or not I should even be hooking my trailer up. Once I get to the barrel race, I feel like everyone is watching me. They are all thinking that I shouldn't even be there. It it does an amazing job of sucking up every ounce of confidence that I have had on my horse prior to the barrel race. It's horrible. <laughs> and it also makes me incredibly sad. I love the sport of barrel racing so, so much. The thought that I am an imposter in the sport that makes me so happy hurts my heart. The last thing that I want is for barrel racing to be taken away from me. The last thing that I want to be told is that, yes, you were right. You are an imposter and you are not supposed to be here. That's extremely hard mentally to take. And it can be extremely draining if I focus on it too much, which I try not to. Perhaps the most limiting part of dealing with imposter syndrome is that it can limit our courage to go after new opportunities, explore new areas of interest, and to put ourselves out in the world. This is definitely materialized for me in my barrel racing. I feel like an imposter at the little jackpot close to my house, and that's why at this point, I don't even consider going to the jackpot held at a really, really nice arena a little further away. That's for the girls who actually are meant to barrel race, not for people like me. I would love, 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 love to run in that arena, but I've told myself that I can't until magical day when I am somehow not an imposter. And I've also limited myself in the kind of horse that I think I deserve to ride. 
that fancy sorrel that I was in awe about will never be in my barn because, again, I told myself that as an imposter, I should never be allowed to put my hands on a horse like that. So, if you are not driving while you're listening to this, I want you to stand up. I want you to shake out your arms, shake out your legs, maybe do a couple jumping jacks or some jump squats, something. Make a couple weird noises. Take a deep breath. So far, this episode has been a little dark. We've been talking about horrible trains of thought and just the horribleness of imposter syndrome. So now I just want you to change your state because now we're going to talk about strategies for getting rid of your imposter syndrome. What is a person with imposter syndrome supposed to do? Luckily, as I was doing research for this episode, I found that there's many, many things that people can do to deal with or even eliminate imposter syndrome altogether. The first step would be to talk about it. That's what I'm doing here today. I have realized that this is an issue in my life and specifically in my barrel racing. While you might not have a platform like a weekly podcast to talk about your case of imposter syndrome, I do encourage you to talk about it with a friend, a family member, even a mental health professional. Just be sure that it's someone that you can you can trust, okay? Make your choice wisely. Talking about things is a good way to distinguish between your internal perceptions of things and what the reality of the situation actually is. For example, at the start of this episode, I said some things that run through my head like I don't deserve to own a horse and I shouldn't be at a barrel race as a competitor. Even just saying those things makes me realize how ridiculous they are. Listening to this episode is a great way of dealing with your imposter syndrome. For some of you, you may not have even realized that this was a thing. But now that you've learned about it, you may realize that you're dealing with this exact issue. This is a great step towards learning how to deal with it. Now that you have identified it, you can deal with it. Even better if you can identify the specific kind of imposter syndrome you have because each might have a little bit of a different strategy. For example, the perfectionist could help their imposter syndrome by leaping before they're ready. Uh, A perfectionist often tends to procrastinate because they feel like it's not good enough. Instead... Instead, you would just aim for good enough and then just take the plunge. Just do it. Another great way to deal with your imposter syndrome is to prove to yourself that you aren't an imposter by documenting your accomplishments and successes. Even if it's something little, write it down. In your barrel racing, maybe you're still running way off the fastest time, but you have managed to shave, I don't know, five tenths off your run in the last little while, write that down. I know for the perfectionist, this may not be good enough. For the expert, it's not going to be good enough. But before you know it, that list is going to get longer and longer, and it's going to be more and more convincing. 
maybe part of your imposter syndrome stems from the fact that you have been on a bit of a losing streak for a while. If that's the case, I encourage you to try changing your point of view. You could see this as a losing streak or you could see it as a learning streak. I know, I know that sounds really corny, <laughs> but viewing it that way can be a lot more constructive than beating yourself up and calling yourself a loser. Um, one way to change your point of view is to actually challenge your thoughts. When I say that I shouldn't be at a barrel race, I ask myself why. Why shouldn't I be competing at this barrel race? And I say, well, because I don't place. And I'm slower than everyone. Okay, well, great. There's lots of people who are slower. There's lots of people who don't place. In a barrel race of 200 people where they um, pay out 10 spots, there's 190 girls who did not place. Do they not deserve to be there either? Well, no. Not everyone can place. I don't want everyone to go home with a uh, participation ribbon. So, you know, if only the people who place competed, it wouldn't be much of a barrel race, would it? No, it wouldn't. Questioning my thoughts like that shows myself how ridiculous some of my trains of thought can be. The next thing that you can use is visualization. And I will say, first off, this does take some practice. It does take some time. So if you want to go this route, really make a commitment to practicing it every day. And I've been working on this a lot lately. You know, speak to any professional athlete and they will tell you that they visualize how they're going to perform. It helps them hone in on their sport. And you can do the same thing. If you are like me and you feel like an imposter at a barrel race, visualize your runs. Visualize exactly how they're going to go. Visualize walking around the arena like you are meant to be there. Before you know it, hauling to a barrel race will feel like old hat because you've practiced it so many times in your head. The really cool thing that I've learned is that your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between an imaginary and a real event. So whether you just visualize something or whether it actually occurred, your subconscious mind can't tell the difference. That means that you can get in tons of amazing runs by visualizing. And it, it is, to a certain extent, exactly like putting in a run. The best thing about visualizing it is you have way more control over it. You can control the fact that maybe you did win first in the 1D. Maybe you did feel absolutely powerful. So it's really, really a powerful tool that even if you don't have imposter syndrome, just as a competitor, it is a really, really good thing to add to your toolkit. And if all else fails, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I know that some people hate this strategy, but I really think that it's something we all need to do. Confidence comes after you have pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, not before. 
feeling good in a particular situation only comes after you've been there, done that. Why not practice feeling like a seasoned veteran before you actually are? I see nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I feel like it's a really empowering tool for someone who is feeling out of place. I will also say that if you are dealing with imposter syndrome and you feel like it's really impacting your life in a negative way, please, please, please reach out to a mental health professional who can help you work through some of that. If you don't want to see, you know, your traditional therapist, I know there's lots of help. Um, I believe there's an app called BetterHelp where you can do it, you know, via text message and whatnot. And it's a lot cheaper than traditional therapy. So like I said, if, if, if it's really impacting your life, maybe consider that for sure. Like I've said, all of us feel like imposters at one point or another. I'm sure lots of girls who have run down the alley at the Thomas and Mac have at some point or another doubted their place in the top 15, doubted their ability to run at such an important rodeo. Our job is to make sure that those feelings do not hold us back and that they don't prevent us from achieving our goals. If anything, I just tell myself that God never gives me anything that I cannot handle and that I have been put in this particular place for a reason. It's my job to make sure that I make the most of it. All right, everyone, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got some value out of the podcast today. If you did, I'd love if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook and Instagram. You can also head over to anchor.fm to leave a voice memo. Ask a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out acowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's always a good day to ride.